Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 it's time for your personal bank show with ferrets Toth, financial literacy educator and speaker entrepreneur and chairman of the board of a bank in formation take charge of your financial future with your personal bank now here's ferrets Toth. welcome to the your personal bank show well the first thing i think we need to discuss is The question that's been coming up a lot, economically at least, is are we in a recession? I think any reasonable person who goes to the grocery store or the gas station and sees what's going on understands we are already in recession. In fact, recessions, you know, are officially, uh, how should I say, they're officially stated to be two consecutive quarters of negative GDP, of negative growth. And the reality is, by the time the official trackers of it state that we're in a recession, you know, it's it's in other words, before they announce we're in a recession, we've already been in one for six months. Okay, so it's very much lagging in terms of are we in a recession or not. But additional information is coming out, which stating the Federal Reserve branch, uh, Federal Reserve of the Atlanta Federal Reserve has something called a GDP now tracker. This is a tool that monitors and reports economic data in real time, and they're estimating the second quarter growth of being negative, uh, roughly negative 2%. Now, we had a negative, I believe, 1.5% or so in the first quarter of 2022, and therefore, we would officially be in a recession for the first half of the year. Uh, We already know that we've, uh, as I stated in last week's show, that we've had the worst First six months of the stock market since 1970. Um, Inflation is at 40-year highs. Gas is at all-time highs. So, you know, and food and many of the things that people purchase are more well above double-digit inflation. In fact, something I saw the 4th of July weekend, they're stating the average 4th of July meal was 17% higher, cost 17% more than it did a year ago. Well, that's 17% inflation, folks, okay, on the basic foods that most Americans eat on 4th of July. That's a pretty good measure because, you know, that's hamburgers, hot dogs, you know, baked beans, all the baked, you know, the normal kind of stuff that many people eat on a regular basis, all right? So it kind of gives us an idea of where we're at. Also, Political has reported that recession talk surges from Washington to Wall Street and, you know, they talk about how previous recessions oftentimes, you know, in other words, it's what people expect, the expectations. In other words, I always say, you know, the price of an asset, whether it's a piece of real estate or a stock or anything else for that matter, what is its true value? Well, its true value really is what someone's willing to pay for it. So it's a perceived value, Right. And if the general public, the majority of people, believe that there's a recession coming, it can become to fruition. You know, it's, 
you know, they're saying, like you're saying, it's not inevitable, but even uh, Federal Chairman Powell is going to state stating that the central bank is willing to tolerate a recession if it means getting in inflation under control. So they're looking at, I was talking to uh, a client today, in fact, was asking me the question. And they said, do you think, you know, we're headed into recession? And I said, my opinion is, based on everything that I see, we're already in one and have been since the beginning of 2022. So the reality is we're already there, most likely. And the fact they were saying about the Federal Reserve, the reality is the Federal Reserve is more concerned about inflation than a recession, because even the Federal Reserve understands that inflation is more damaging to Americans and the economy than a recession is even, okay? So they're going to will, they're likely going to be in raising interest rates, as they state, significantly. The latest we're hearing is they're predicting you know, the predictions are somewhere between a half a point and a 1% increase in interest rates in July of 2022. If they do that, that's on top of this 0.75% increase they did in June and the previous rate hike, that's going to be some of the most aggressive rate hikes we've seen, well, in 40 years. I share how that affects your personal bank and interest rates and how to navigate a high interest rate environment actually in the last show. So if you miss that, I'm going to strongly encourage you to go to yourpersonalbank.com. You can click on any of the previously recorded shows. In fact, if you go to it now, yourpersonalbank.com, that is, you'll find it right there on the banner. And I put it there because I believe it's so important right now to understand how to navigate a high interest rate environment because that's what we're quickly moving into. Okay. And a lot of people are asking me about dividends, borrowing rates from banks, and all that kind of stuff, and how insurance policies and, and interest-sensitive assets are going to be affected in this type of economy, because it's dramatically changing from just what it was even just a few months ago, okay? To put things in perspective, I've shared this with, uh, quite frequently, and a lot of people understand it wasn't too long ago, just a few months ago. Somebody with good credit could get a uh, a mortgage, a 30-year fixed mortgage in the low threes, even the high twos, okay? Now that same mortgage is well over 5% and is likely by next month to be over 6%. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means the cost of borrowing has doubled in just a few months. The amount of interest that is paid on the same size loan at 3% on a 30-year fixed mortgage versus 6% can add up easily into the six digits, more money. So it this will have significant, significant impacts on the economy, on stocks, on real estate, and many other assets. The good news, like I said, if you have a personal bank policy or if you have a high cash value policy, you're actually in one of the things that's going to thrive as interest rates climb because dividends are highly interest rate sensitive. And again, to put things in perspective, di average dividends typically in a normal interest rate environment average around six and a half to eight percent. That's the historical norm. We're at five, seven, five to six percent now with the lowest, some of the lowest interest rates. Well, not some of the lowest interest rate environment in the history of our country. 
over 200 years. So the fact that they're still paying a, a decent rate, even after all that, and the interest rates are climbing so fast, every company I've talked to is stating the same thing, that dividends will be increasing. So we're in a upward trending asset, an increasing asset. By the way, these, in, these insurance companies, they, when we give them money, they invest. The bottom line is they're becoming more profitable, okay? So because their spreads are bigger, as interest rates climb, they're able to make more money. And I mentioned also, if you have an older policy through myself, and what I mean by that is something that was, this is to my clients I'm sharing, you got something from 2021 or earlier, you want to look at upgrading to one of the newer policies to lower your borrowing rate to 4%. We have policies that allow you to access money at 4%. So if you're earning 6% dividends, for example, and you borrow at 4 you're still making 2% positive arbitrage on money's dollars you spent, like we talk about on this show all the time. And as dividends increase, as interest rates increase, that spread could very likely become much wider. So we're looking at an improving situation even though in general, many other parts of the economy are deteriorating, okay? So this is a great diversification option. So certainly recommend you contact me for more information, 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Again, 866-268-4422. But like I was saying earlier, I, wanna, I, don't, I don't wanna get away from some of the bigger picture stuff because I'm getting asked a lot of these questions so often, and what's, again, there's been a lot of frustration on this show from myself, of course, from the majority of Americans. I am now seeing polls showing that some upwards of close to 90% of all Americans, not just one side or the other, almost nearly 90% of all Americans believe the country is headed in the wrong direction. What's interesting, is in his inaugural speech. Biden promised to unite the country. He's actually accomplished that. It's very rare for about 90% of Americans, frankly, to agree on anything. And almost 90% right now agree that the country is headed in the wrong direction and the current administration and their policies have a lot to do with that, if not entirely. And what's Amazing. Something I guess I never thought I would see in this country or in my lifetime is an administration that is so incredibly tone deaf. You have nearly 90% of Americans telling you we're not happy with the actions you're taking, taking the decisions you're making, the direction you're going, yet they continue to stubbornly plow forward. You know, I've never seen a politician or a group of politicians act this way before. I mean, I've always said, this may be the one exception that I've shared this thought with so many times where Thomas Sowell said, you know, you, you know, politicians, you can count on, you know, they have three priorities. One, to get elected. Two, to get reelected. And three, all, all the other priorities fall far below the first two. All indications show that they're just digging themselves deeper and deeper into this hole, this political grave. Now, it creates tremendous opportunities. I believe it's going to create a generational change. But to see them just to continue to move forward, and 
and, and just to so blindly move forward on their agenda, damn the torpedoes, you know, kind of thing with the attitude doesn't matter. The facts don't, the facts don't matter. You know, when you hear things like, you know, the Biden spokesperson boasting the U.S. economy is stronger economically than ever in history. I mean, that's just plain flat out lying through your teeth. I don't understand how somebody can have the gall to make a statement like that. I mean, I just don't understand how someone could actually believe that. I don't know if even they believe that. And then you've got situations where Biden is saying, how long is it fair? How long it's fair to expect Americans to pay historic gas prices as long as it takes. All right. And then the real answer really comes where recently the remark from the econo uh, Biden's economic advisor who stated is this the high gas prices, high fuel costs are all part on, of, of maintaining the liberal world order. You know, this country didn't vote Biden to create a liberal world order. Nobody thinks that. Nobody with any sense of common sense believes that. We're talking more about some, I've got some more information, some more things. They're frustrating and encouraging. And if you want to help navigate this economic chaos that we're dealing with, contact me, toll free 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. For more information on Your Personal Bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. And I, and I suppose what we're really discussing today is, well, I guess the question is answered. Are we in recession? Yes. Um, what to do about it, how to navigate this, and then how long is this going to last? And the, re the reality is a major, a, a big portion of how what will cause this, as we've stated on the show multiple times, is energy policy reducing supply causes inflation. When you reduce supply, you increase the price. That's supply and demand. That's economics 101. It's just as basic as that. And we have a tone-deaf administration. Oh, and then spending money also. The government spending too much money also exacerbates inflation or creates inflation. Those are the twin major causes of this current inflationary environment we're in. What's so frustrating is two things. One, it's self-imposed. Our current administration, current leadership, has basically caused the inflation that we're dealing with. The second thing that's frustrating, and even probably even more so, is their blind allegiance to their, their agenda. They refuse, absolutely refuse, to take any responsibility, listen to any common sense, blame everyone and everything else around them. They ignore all the facts and continue to blindly and stubbornly pursue their agenda, even though the latest polls are showing nearly 90% of all Americans, all that's all Americans, folks, believe the country's headed in the wrong direction. 
some of the latest stuff we're hearing that the Biden administration is doing are things like they're, they're, they're proposing to eliminate all oil gas leases on both the Atlantic and Pacific coasts and to allow somewhere between zero and 11 land leases in other parts of the country between now and like 2028 or something crazy. They, the court system even required, forced them to, after shutting down all new leases for like a year, forced them to offer some, but then they added so many administrative hurdles and extra costs, nobody wanted to bid on them because the prices were, you know, the cost was the uncertainty, plus they've frozen any basic investment dollars into oil and gas production. And I mean, reality, think about it. Normally, in a normal situation, when prices go up and demand is there, you would have a flood of oil producers and natural gas producers, or they would be generating more, right? Because it would be record profits for them at this time with record prices. I mean, oil companies, energy companies are in the business to provide energy. They're not... Yeah, that's what their job is, okay? That's how they make their profits. And again, when you're talking about all-time high prices, that's when they would be producing more. And instead, you have an administration that's attacking them, sending nasty tweet, tweets and all kinds of different things, attacking gas station owners. And the reality is gas station owners make majority of their profits, in most cases, on the subsidiary, the other things that you purchase, like the candy bar or whatever you buy when you go purchase gas. The, the gas itself, for the typical gas station, it runs on very thin margins. In other words, it's very competitive. It's almost like a lost leader, if you understand retail. I used to own a retail business. It's to get the customer. The gas is the leader to get the customer on the premises. And then hopefully they buy something, go in and pay for their gas, for example, and they buy something while they're there. And that's how most gas stations actually make a profit. So for Biden to attack gas station owners who are not the producers or anything else and tell them to lower their prices, they can't. And it's just a fundamental lack of understanding of how basic economics work. And then, when again, they add all these. They're saying they're doing everything they can, but yet on the other side, it's that what they're saying is one thing and what they're doing is entirely different by throwing more hurdles, more regulatory hurdles, more not allowing any new uh, production or, or distillery or, you know, uh, uh, refineries. I mean, all these things, all they're putting hurdle after hurdle after hurdle. I mean, there hasn't been a major refinery built in the United States since the 1970s. That's just, just beyond ridiculous. And that's because of regulatory hurdles. Those things need to be getting out, gotten out of the way. I understand. I want clean air and water too, just like anyone else. But I also want, I also want economic stability for me and my family and our kids and our future. And well, for any, all of us, everyone. And they're attacking that repeatedly, left and right, every way possible. And then you see things like. Biden releasing, three times now, releasing oil from the strategic oil reserve, which is supposed to be there for emergencies, things like natural disasters or war. 
And our, our strategic reserves right now are at the lowest levels they've been since we started having our strategic reserves. And the reality is that makes us weaker, makes us more vulnerable. That's bad enough in and of itself. But then when you add on top of that, apparently in the latest release, which is like a million barrels a day for 180 days or 180 million barrels being released as we speak from our strategic reserve, apparently recently about 5 million of those barrels went to foreign countries. And about, apparently about a million of those went to a company wholly and solely owned by the Chinese government. So it went to our adversary. But to make matters even worse, I mean, as bad as all that stuff is, apparently the company that did that purchase and handled that purchase of nearly a million barrels of oil from our strategic reserve that went to China, one of the major stockholders happens to be Hunter Biden. President Biden's son. Now, I haven't gotten into a whole lot of that kind of stuff. I mean, if you, unless you've been on a rock, you've heard about Hunter Biden's laptop and his all kinds of incriminating evidence of influence peddling on there beyond ridiculous. Apparently, the Biden family has over 150 uh, reports of, of issues of of influence peddling and all that. Nobody's gone after him. But this, I believe, might be the Biden family downfall. And here's why I say this. Because they've been attacking the oil industry unfairly, accusing them of, of, of you know, raising profits and, 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 you know, taking advantage of the consumer and attacking gas station owners and all that kind of stuff while at the same time creating the problem, restricting supply and putting hurdles every step of the way. And then releasing strategic reserves and even claiming the 4th of July that the oil companies and such weren't being patriotic. And then it turns out they're selling some of our strategic reserves to China. And his son is on as a major stockholder of the company that bought it. In other words, benefited financially big time. I'm running up against a hard break. I'm going to share more why I think this might be the beginning of the end for the Biden family. If you want to learn, so stay tuned. If you want to learn how to navigate this, this chaos, this economic chaos, call me at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Tooth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. And as I before the break, what I was getting at is I haven't talked a lot about what some people are calling the Biden crime family. But as if evidence builds and it becomes increasingly obvious, I believe that this whole thing with the Selling oil to China from the strategic oil preserve and to a company that has one of the major stockholders happens to be Hunter Biden. I believe this might be the beginning of the end. This might be the beginning of the unraveling of, well, what frankly it appears to be the Biden crime family. I don't know how else to put it. And it really goes back to something called 
Um, suspicious Activity Reports, or SARS. And see, this is part of the Bank Secrecy Act. This is something I'm familiar with because I'm in the financial industry on, on, on a bank board. These are the kinds of things where a financial institution or a financial person or advisor or whoever like myself, we're required when we're dealing, I mean, we're required by federal law that if we see something, a transaction, a financial transaction, we're, report, we're required to report that to a compliance officer under something called a suspicious activity report, okay? It's something that's very rare. It's uncommon. Personally, I've never never filed one myself. I've never seen a situation that I believed was was suspicious. And, and suspicious activity is things like influence peddling, terrorist activity, you know, those kinds of things. Well, what's interesting is up until very recently, any member of Congress could request from the Treasury Department, because that's where they ultimately end up, um, a suspicious activity reports. And in most cases, it's rare. I mean, for one thing, it's very, very rare for anyone to have a suspicious activity report, even for people who are like high up in political office. Um, occasionally, somebody might have one. It doesn't mean there's anything actually that happened or went wrong. It was just suspicious activity. And in most cases, that activity is explained and it's, it's, it got red flag, but that's it. It's, you know, some questions are asked, it's clarified and that's that, right? So apparently the Biden family has over 150 suspicious activity reports that the treasury department is holding. And now they've changed the rules. <laughs> they changed the rules of stating now that the treasury department will not release Suspicious activity reports unless the the party in charge in Congress allows it or approves it. So in other words, right now, the Democrats. So if a Republican congressperson or senator requests a suspicious activity report, sorry, on anyone, they're not allowed to do it unless they get a Democrat, the Democrat Party's blessing. You know, this is <laughs> this is unprecedented. In other words, they're protecting the Biden family, who have over 100 suspicious activity reports dealing with foreign business dealings. Now, this is so short-sighted, it's astonishing, because I don't think any reasonable person believes that the, the ruling party in Congress after November is going to be the Democrats. So if they want to start this, here's the deal. Next year... No Democrat will be able to pull a suspicious activity report on anyone. But the reality is, here you have a situation that's unprecedented, frankly, where you have a family, and this is including Joe Biden, combined activity of over 150 of those. That is unheard of, okay? Well beyond somebody getting that kind of thing, there would be investigations. They'd probably be in jail, frankly, okay? And I just have a real problem with this. Janet Yellen's the head of the Treasury Department. She's running cover for Joe Biden right now and the Biden, Biden family. And with this latest thing, though, that's what I'm saying. There's such a, you know, this has all been kind of swept under the rug, swept under the rug, right, for years. This hasn't happened recently. This has gone on for years. In fact, documented that Obama himself, when Joe Biden was the uh, vice president, 
set him down and had was concerned about some of the suspicious activity that Joe and his family was dealing with at the time during the Obama administration. So this goes back a long time. My point is simple. By Biden attacking oil, doing everything he can to attack oil, both by restricting supply, demonizing gas station owners and oil companies, executives, and then turning around and selling almost a million barrels of the strategic oil preserve to China, there's an uproar like I've never seen. And I believe this is the beginning and the end of this family, and it couldn't come too soon, in my opinion. I'm going to talk more about this and some other solutions and good stuff in the next segment. So I'm going to really encourage you to stay tuned. But again, if you want to learn how to navigate this high interest rate environment, this economic chaos we're dealing with, recession right now, call me toll free 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Again, 866-268-4422. For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. I believe the Biden family has stepped in it this time, just like the Biden administration stepped in it when they started attacking parents, calling them domestic terrorists for complaining to school boards for what was being taught to their children. My point is they attacked a, a group of people, parents in that situation, who are trying to protect their kids, and they weren't threatened. In fact, the parents fought back and are still fighting back. I've got some more on that, so stay tuned in this segment. That was the beginning of, in essence, the awakening of America and the, and the resolve to say, you know what, not happy with the way things are going, the way our society is going, the way our country is going. We're going to take back control of our lives, our country, our freedom. Our government has become too powerful, too overbearing, and is going the wrong direction. And today, nearly 90% of Americans agree with that, that we're going the wrong direction. Well, the other issue that's been allowed and covered up, frankly, for decades is all these international business dealings with Hunter Biden and the Biden family. And like I said, this is documented. This is you know this isn't guess. There are some things called suspicious activity reports that are re that are reported by financial institutions whenever they believe there's some kind of suspicious activity in a financial transaction. It's rare for even a high profile political person to have even one suspicious activity report. The Biden family, including Joe Biden, has over 150 of them. Now, the, they've been getting been protected by the media, by the government, by their connections, whatever, for decades. But I believe, like many criminals, this is criminal behavior, folks, because I can excuse one, maybe two. 150, there's a pattern. You can't, there's no, there's no, reasonable ex logical explanation. And right now the yes, the uh, DOJ is not investigating and Congress is not investigating. They're all covering them up, but it's soon likely very soon they're not going to be in power 
particularly Congress, and that will all change. Another reason why, if you want to get rid of corruption, we're seeing corruption at the highest levels of our government, including the current sitting president, I believe. And this needs to be rooted out. The thing is that it's it's a what it kind of follows a pattern that you see with high-profile criminals. Okay, you go back to like Al Capone and those kinds of people, where basically they get away with so much for so long, they start believing it's it's like a psychological thing. They start believing they're invincible. In other words, nothing can touch them. They're too powerful. And inevitably, when they get that too too big, too big for their britches, so to speak, they get sloppy, they make mistakes, they step on the wrong toes, they upset the wrong people, and eventually they get taken down. And I believe this whole oil thing, most Americans understand that the, the economic pain we're dealing with was initially caused and started by the Biden administration by reducing oil and energy supply, which is causing historic inflation, releasing the strategic oil preserve and and selling, not putting it to Americans, but, you know, we're paying $5 a gallon gas, highest on average, highest in history. And it was supposed to be to create more supply, it would have been made very little difference, folks. Our country uses something like 18 to 20 million barrels a day, okay? Adding one would might make a 5% difference. You know, a 5% difference on $5 gas might add up to, you know, 20 cents or so, all right, difference. So the, the difference would have been minor at best if it, been, if it had been released uh, you know, to oil refineries or whatever in our country. But it turns out that the current energy secretary, Granholm, I guess is her name, and the Biden administration, are selling, they're not releasing it to American consumers. They're selling it on the world market. Gee, I wonder how much profit they're getting off of that. All-time high gas prices, right? Sell 180 million barrels of oil at five bucks a gallon. You do the math. And if they get a small kickback or donation, political donation for that, think about the amount of money. The point is, this is pissing off a lot of people, and it rightly should. And they've also been attacking oil companies and gas station owners and all these kinds of things. And the people, the American people are hurting economically. They're even attacking like the patriotism of Americans and American gas station owners and people like that. I mean, the gall of Biden to attack gas station owners on the 4th of July, their patriot, question their patriotism. You know, that gets under people's skin. And they're, and they're dealing with a lot of economic pain, and they're seeing the level of this corruption. I don't believe this is going to go away. Just like the parents didn't go away when they were threatened by the DOJ and called domestic terrorists. I believe they have stepped in it. We will see, but that's my prediction. We'll see if I'm right. Unfortunately, I've made a lot of predictions similar like this. And unfortunately, in most cases, I've been right. And, I, and unfortunately, the actual, what I was predicting, ended up being worse than I, even what I thought. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the days when, you know, start sharing some good news, right? Well, 
I'm not quite done, but we'll get there soon, I promise. <laughs> like I said, we just got to buckle our seatbelts and get through this next year, roughly. And then hopefully things will start to alleviate to some degree, especially if Congress can make some changes to our energy policy, for example, and others, border policy, various things. And then we got, you know, what, another couple of years after that and change the administration. And hopefully major changes occur there and we can move on. But there's something else from an economic standpoint I want to share in the last few minutes of this show that I haven't heard anybody talk about. But I think this actually gets to maybe the root cause of the problem. And, and when I read this, it kind of blew me away. And what it is, is the, it's the Democrat, the Democratic governor of Kansas. Now, I'm kind of shocked Kansas has a Democratic government, honestly, but whatever. Um, but the Democratic governor took a different approach about economic recession. And her approach, you know, most of the Democrats and those in power are trying to, you know, say, hey, we got like, like the White House is saying with best economic, uh, the best economy in history in the United States. It's laughable. That's a lie. But she said, you know what? Bring it on. Kansas Governor Laura Kelly said, bring it on. Bring on the recession. And, and here's the reasons why she said this. And this is where I say that the root cause is. Her point is, she says, she not only acknowledged the possibility of a recession, this is the Democrat, Democratic Kansas governor, but she stated, bring it on. He, she said, we have managed the budget so well. We, we have not done all the things. We've paid down billions in debt. Okay, good. And they still have left in the ending balance a $1.5 billion surplus. And that doesn't count the up the almost of the $950 billion rainy day fund. Look, I'm all in favor of having reserves. Businesses, families, even governments should have some rainy day money. But when you have a state, and, and Kansas is not a large state by any means, with nearly a trillion dollar rainy day fund, and another 1.5 billion surplus after paying off a bunch of debt, there's a problem. And one of the problems I see right off the bat is government is not there to serve itself. It's there to serve the people, the citizens, actually. First thing I'm telling I'm thinking is they're overtaxing. But even the bigger issue, and so there should be a reduction of taxes or even rebates or or at least apply some of this money to improvements like infrastructure or something that would benefit the citizens directly. But the bigger issue, I think, and this is where I have not seen uh, any comments from anybody about, is her entire response was all about we're doing great as the government, as the state of Kansas. No thought, no comment whatsoever about the citizens, the people, small businesses, none of it. Her entire focus is completely and totally focused around government. In other words, what she doesn't realize here, what it seems to me, is our economy, the government, I've stated this all so many times, I've heard this repeated by people now, is the government makes no money. The government generates no economic benefit. Even government jobs are paid for by who? The government? No. Where do they get their money from? 
the taxpayer, a state in particular. The federal government also can create money through printing, which causes inflation, as we are now learning, the hard lesson of, which causes everybody more money. But a state can't print any money, so they literally get them. Where are they getting the money from? They're getting it from the taxpayers, from the citizens. They, they're there to serve the citizen, serve the people, not the other way around. It's like the, econo the engine, the economic engine is business and people who work in those businesses, the citizens, they're generating the money. They're the economic engine. They're driving the train. The people, the citizens, are on the train riding this economic uh, engine to a better future, to get places, to improve their lives. The government's a caboose. Their job is to make sure the train runs smooth and the tracks are working right. This governor from Kansas has got it all backwards. And I hear this so often from government politicians in particular. She thinks the caboose is the engine. She's got it completely 180 degrees backwards. They've made the caboose so big, so overwhelming, it's dragging down the engine. Yet they believe the caboose is the engine, and they are sorely wrong. It is the complete and total opposite. So this person, need, this person has no business running a state. This person doesn't understand her job. Her job is to serve the citizens of her state, not the other way around. It's not the job of the citizens to generate money so her state can survive an economic downturn. And who cares how, they, how it affects them? And that just infuriates. So whenever a politician of any stripe says, we created these jobs or do that, drives me nuts. The government does not create jobs. The government does not create economic anything. It comes from the taxpayers. It's our money, folks. It's us from our blood, sweat, and tears. A couple other things. This was mind-boggling. The teachers' union, <laughs> well, the National Education Association, this is one of the largest teachers' unions, actually last year spent more money on political causes supporting Democratic candidates than they did even for their own members. These teacher unions have become nothing more than political fundraising arms for the Democratic Party. Plain and simple. In fact, they're again, they're spending more than they are in representational activity, which is representing their members, and even more than what they spend on employee benefits. In other words, the NEA spent 17% on political activities and lobbying, and only 15% on employee benefits. It's unreal. And it even gets worse. They spend 18% directly on political activities and another 32% on contribution gifts and grants that mostly went to political action committees and stuff like that to support Democratic candidates. So in other words, over half of their money is doing nothing but being a fundraising arm for candidates. It's sick, folks. Contact me for more information on how to manage, navigate all this. Contact me, 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com.
For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. This show is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information. The presenter and guest on this program do not engage in legal, accounting, or tax advice. Professional advice regarding your situation should be sought if required. Products and riders may have limitations and may not be available in all states. Excessive unpaid loans may affect performance. Distributions may become taxable if not managed properly. Replacements may not be suitable for everyone. There may be charges when replacing coverage. Compare it when considering a replacement. Dividend rates and bake line of credit rates may change. Contact yourpersonalbank.com for current rates. 